We knew there'd be a lot of lessons for this Orlando Magic team to learn. A lot, a lot, a lot of lessons. We got two big ones this weekend. We'll talk about the Magic's losses to the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks, the lessons learned, and how the team moves forward from them. We'll get to that all today on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed a Locked On Magic. Today is November 22nd, 2021. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic show off one of the key facets of their development, um, but why maybe that's not everything, but it is something. I don't know if it's anything, but it's something. Um, everything is something, but not everything is anything. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the Magic's comeback against Milwaukee Bucks, what that says about this team, plus the failures of Friday and why those are still really important. Plus, we'll talk about what's to come in tonight's game against Milwaukee Bucks. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, we do want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Whether we're your first listen of the day, whether we're your work, your at-work listen, your lunch break listen, you're on your way home from work listen, your pregame listen, no matter when you listen to Locked On Magic, we do appreciate you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Now available on all podcasting platforms, as well as streaming on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe there as well. Saturday night was predictably a a rough night for the Orlando Magic. Um, A weird and terrible back-to-back Brooklyn to Milwaukee. Um, You know, playing the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks, now that they have Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis Antetokounmpo all in the lineup together. Cole Anthony out with a sprained ankle, suffered at some point during Friday's loss to the Nets. Uh, he remains questionable for tonight's game. Um, it was not a, a recipe set up for the Orlando Magic success. Um, this was not a game that was kind of made for the Magic to do well. Um, if there was a vibe uh, to the belief that there are schedule losses, this was a schedule loss. This was a loss that, that you know you could pretty much book on the calendar before you ever got started. And Orlando looked every part of it on Saturday night. Um, you know, it, 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 it's followed the path of a lot of these games this year. Um, you know, I've kind of taken to telling everyone that, you know, there's essentially a four to five minute stretch of every game, uh, where the magic just suck. (laughs) Just lack of a better word. They just stink. Um, they're not good. Um, and, and when this team is not good, they are really not good. They're really bad. Um, and so for those four to five minutes, teams have to really press their advantage and press their, you know, kind of press down and hold down to, to, kind of, to kind of extend their lead as much as they can. And Orlando is just kind of trying to grasp and and and, and stop the bleeding in a lot of ways. Um, we've seen it before, nine-minute stretch where the Magic didn't score against the Wizards, the third quarter against the Pistons, the, you know, third, or the late third quarter against the Spurs in the first game, um, the second quarter against the Knicks. There's, there's just this four- to five-minute stretch where the Magic are just dead. And it's just how much can you beat on the – on the dying carcass of the team 
uh, until they until they reanimate, until they come back uh, come back to life and kind of center themselves again. And and then you know essentially the magic play uh, relatively even most for the most part. Um, you know again like I, I think this magic team is talented. I think they're good. Uh, I think they're good when they play well. They are good. They are a good team. The problem is that they they don't play well for forty eight minutes yet, and and that's obviously a, a huge issue and a huge a huge bout of consistency that this team has to have. So what ended up happening in this game against Milwaukee on Saturday? Um, it's a relatively tight game. You know, Milwaukee's a little bit of a head, a little bit ahead. You know, Orlando's struggling a little bit with the three point shooting, uh, and then a thirteen zero run in the first quarter. Bucks go up by twelve. That's kind of the margin for the rest of the rest of the half. Um, you know, maybe the Milwaukee extends it to 15, 18 points. And then Orlando got hot from three, cut it down to 12 at the half. And then boom, another 13-0 run to start the, start the second half or at the beginning of the second half. That extends the lead to 25. Again, so it's just these, these little pockets, these little moments where the Magic really struggle um, that, you know, put them behind and, and they, just, they just don't know how to get themselves out. Um, and it's been a repeated problem throughout the course of the year. Um, you know, again, this the biggest issue that this Magic team faces is, and it was something that Wendell Carter identified before the season, it's something all the players and coaches know, is how do they respond to runs when the team is struggling to score, when the team's offense is kind of stagnant and and, and struggling and, and kind of kind of hitting the, hitting the dumps. How does the team respond? How does the team uh, answer back? How does the team stop the bleeding? Now, something they did really well at the game against against the Knicks on Wednesday. That's why the game against the Knicks on Wednesday uh, was the best game the team has played all year because they had a long stretch in that first half where they could not score, but neither could the Knicks. And it was a real credit to the team's defense, a real credit to the team's focus and intensity that they were able to stay in that game, uh, keep it keep it up, and then eventually go on and win it. There's still obviously a lot to work on with this young team, and everyone would admit it. Uh, everyone would admit it. But it's also important, while, yes, I think scores matter. I think results still matter. I, I, I am still going to believe that winning is better than losing um, despite what anyone else says. Um, we could have those arguments later on in the season, but what was really impressive and really important about Saturday's game then was how the team responded. Yes, don't go down 29 points. Don't go down 26 points. Don't don't be down by, you know, insane, by, by such insane amounts um, that the game is essentially over. The game result needs to matter. But what is also important, and I think it's been made clear by how Jamal Mosley's talked about this team, and, and I, I know I've done this before in previous rebuilding teams, um, is playing little mini-games sometimes. Um, it's it, The big picture matters. Yes, winning and losing matters. But sometimes you also have to focus on the moment and how you approach and how you win the moment. Um, because essentially what a game is, is you build enough moments that you win the game. Um, you win enough of these little mini games, these little mini moments that you win the game. And I think that's been a, a big part of what Jamal Mosley's trying to teach and what this team needs to get out of this season is learning your approach in each individual moment, in each individual play, to each individual um, kind of action in the game builds up. That's the foundation. That's what a foundation is. It's, a, it's the bedrock. It builds up into something more productive, into something better. So to see the magic in the fourth quarter with, again, mostly their deep bench guys, cut that 29-point lead down to six was really impressive. Again, ultimately falling short, ultimately something that should not have been necessary. Uh, and certainly Milwaukee 
eased off the throttle themselves. They did have to put their starters back in to finish the game, but they eased off the throttle themselves. Um, being able to do that, being able to show that kind of fight, that's part of the lesson that the Magic want to teach too. Take, you know, yes, the team's making mistakes. Yes, the team has a lot more it needs to accomplish. Yes, the team needs to be a lot more efficient and effective with its execution um, on both ends of the floor. But you still can win little moments. And, and again, no matter the score, you want to take advantage of those little moments of that time on the floor. Look, no one here is pretending the Magic are going to win a lot of games. Um, you know, I'm certainly not. Uh, I, I know this team's going to probably finish, if not last in the Eastern Conference, here at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. There'll be another high draft pick coming their way this year. We, we, we pretty much, you know, I think a lot of us have accepted that, although, again, we will see. Um, but that doesn't mean these games aren't important or that each moment of these games are not important. Tell RJ Hampton that it's not important that he's out there making an impact on the floor. He's fighting for minutes right now. So he's obviously got a lot to accomplish and a lot to do and a lot that he has to try and prove every moment he's on the floor. And the fact that, A, he was leading that team and, B, playing really effectively on both ends of the floor, that matters. And showing that fight, showing that resolve, that's part of what this team wants to be. So, yes, it's disappointing. It's frustrating. The Magic suffered this loss, and it was a blowout loss. Like, I don't care that the final score was, what, 9, 11 points, something like that. Um, I don't care about that. It was a blowout loss. The starters got, got you know, got, got it handed to them. It's not a good game at by any means, the Magic were really poor defensively, gave up way too many threes, um, fouled way too much. That's been a growing problem for this team. Um, whether you want to blame the refs or not for it, it is a growing problem for this team nonetheless. Um, it's it, it wasn't a good game for Orlando. But at the same time, it was. Because the team continues to show that it will fight. That no matter the score, they're going to go out there and make the most of the time that they have. Um, yes, you'd like these to be in close games. I'm not sitting here saying this is some moral victory. It's not. But it is going to be important for this team, for this group to understand that it takes a lot of fight, that it takes a lot to stay in a game. It takes a lot to win a game. It takes a lot to, to be competitive. And again, we're talking about building foundations here. We're talking about building the bedrock of what this team wants to be. The willingness to keep playing hard, the willingness to keep at it, even when down 30, that's really important culturally. That's really setting a, a good example and a good tone for how this how this Magic team needs to approach games. And as they get better with their execution, they get more consistent, as they improve as individuals, that bedrock, that foundation is going to help this team grow in the long run. So the Orlando Magic lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. It was an exciting and interesting third quarter for a little, or fourth quarter for a little while. But ultimately... Orlando still has a lot of big picture work to do to get where they want to go, but there are, are some important cultural and kind of foundational elements that are certainly there. We'll talk a little bit more about some of these foundational elements and what the Magic learned from Friday's loss to the Brooklyn Nets. We'll get to all that in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Prize Picks. All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Of course you did. I just told you about it. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy, and I know you're going to love it. 
Price Picks has the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. You get to pick what you play. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown on the football side, plus points, assists, rebounds, anything you can think of on the basketball side. All of you guys that deposit and use our promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code NBA. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. PrizePix also allows mixed sports entries so you can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals too. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Today's podcast also brought to you by DirecTV. Now, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And you've got your best friend's neighbor's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. We want to thank you once again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, whether we're your first listen of the day, whether we're your workout listen, whether you're listening to us on your way home from work, watching us live on the YouTube channel. We do appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every single day. Remember the Locked On Podcast Network. We're streaming on YouTube now as well as wherever you download podcasts. Thank you all again for listening. So, Saturday was a frustrating night because the Magic got beaten to a pulp. Um, it was, again, felt very much like a schedule loss. I, I noted it as a schedule loss when the schedule came out. Um, it was not a game. It was a we're in the middle of the gauntlet. It's it's this. I hate this schedule. I hate this schedule. And this this was a particularly rough rough weekend for the Magic. And I knew it would be. Um, Monday, hopefully, we'll get a little bit better. We'll talk more about that game coming up here in a moment. But um, Friday night against Brooklyn was a surprisingly competitive game, and and and. Orlando really seemed to do a good job carrying over the momentum from Wednesday's game, from Wednesday's win over the Knicks into Friday's game against the Nets. Um, it's old now. We've already played another game. I don't want to go too deep into the particulars. Yes, the officiating wasn't that great. Um, there were definitely a few blown calls, and definitely, uh, you know, James Harden definitely got the benefit of the whistle that maybe the Magic were not. Cole Anthony was certainly really upset at the officials. He picked up a technical for arguing with the officials. And there's, there's a lot of frustration written on the Magic's face in that game. Um, still, it's a tie game with about two minutes to play. Orlando, I thought, had some really good opportunities to win the game. Marcus Aldridge beat him up on the inside. That was that. Um, that's one. I'm not 
upset. I, I'm not, I don't think the result was unfair. Um, yes, I know it was a, ended up being a two point game, but Orlando missed some opportunities. Um, Orlando made some mistakes defensively. Brooklyn earned the game. Um, the fact that Orlando had a 19 point lead, certainly frustrating. Um, the fact that Orlando had a 41 point first quarter uh, and could not hold on to that lead, certainly frustrating. Fact Orlando was able to rally back and get back into that game after going down in the fourth quarter, really encouraging. Um, it was a late game situation. Late game situations are often uh, a bit weird. Um, you know, again, late game situations are essentially coin tosses. Um, Jalen Suggs, 17 points in the first first quarter, only 21 for the game. That was weird. Wendell Carter not playing at all in the fourth quarter once again. That was weird. Um, th- there's a lot of weird things going on, and and and, and, and I think Jamal Mosley still figuring out his rotations. I know that he's being very cautious with back to backs, um, expanding his rotation often on back to backs. So. Uh, I, I, I don't, you know, there, I, there are, there's a lot of places to play the blame for this game. Um, you know, Cole Anthony, maybe some bad, some four shot selection. Um, I think Jamal Mosley's rotations deserve a little bit of blame as well. Um, you know, just way too much traveling on James Harden, some poor defensive schemes against LaMarcus Aldridge once again, as, as he was able to get in the lane. Um, yeah, I, 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 the Nets won the game. Uh, I, I would put it that way. Um. But again, we want to focus on the big picture um, and, and what that game meant. And, and just like how Milwaukee's game, the Milwaukee game showed that the Magic have this fight, this, this, this spirit, this willingness to fight um, that's going to be so important, Friday's game two was really important too for the long term as well. The Magic haven't played in very many close games. Lost to Charlotte, the win over Utah. Um, I think the loss of Detroit, uh, the loss of Toronto um, was was a close game. Was a close game at the end, but that was a rally. They were uh, an 11-0 run. Gave the Magic the ball with the chance to win the game. Um, you know, you've got not a lot of close games. The Knicks game was close. Magic executed well to finish that one. Magic haven't played a lot of close games. Um, they've spent as much time as any team in the league, I think, trailing by 10 points. They haven't been in very many close games, and so Friday's game was really important because there's all new experiences for this group. Magic haven't had a 15-point lead this year. They got it on Friday, and they lost it. The Magic got into a late-game situation where they weren't getting calls, where they weren't getting baskets. They subsequently gave up the lead. They struggled, and you know you could see the frustration written on their faces. At the end of the day, a lot of this season is sort of about this failure. Um, it's about experiencing... The league. It's about it being put in these positions and these situations. Again, why I think it's so important that the team remain competitive. Losing by 20 every night, losing by 15 every night, that's not going to help anybody. That's not going to make anyone better. You have to go through close games. You have to be in these pressure situations. Um, you have to kind of feel what it's like to get through an entire game. If you're just settling on losing by 12 and, and, the, and the fourth quarter not mattering, it's not going to help anyone. I mean, some individuals might get better, but you're not getting better as a team. You're not getting your, and eventually no individual gets better unless the team gets better. Otherwise it just feels like empty stats. What we saw Friday then was failure. Quite and simple. You know, yes, Brooklyn's a better team. Yes, Brooklyn won the game. Yes, Brooklyn made the plays they had to, had to make. And, you know, again, it, it maybe came down to making missing shots, but at the end of the day, failure is going to be the greatest growth opportunity for this team. Again, this team has not had a 19-point lead before this season. And watching how they handled handled it and how they managed it was a fascinating experience and a fascinating experiment. 
Now, yes, they need to hold on to those leads. Yes, they need to be able to put the pressure on. They need to be able to sustain for 48 minutes. And that's, again, that's a, such a huge theme for this Magic team. And something I will keep hammering home. 48 minutes is the goal. And this team right now doesn't play 48 minutes. Most young teams don't. They don't know how to hit that 48-minute mark. The good teams, they're good for 48 minutes. If, or if not, like 46, 45 minutes. And those, you know, those three minutes are not easy to make up. Right now, this Magic team plays maybe 40 to 42. Eight, six to eight minutes is enough to get down by 20 every night. So this Magic team is still learning how to play a 48-minute game. And Friday then was a really important lesson in that. Friday, Orlando learned you can't let you let your foot off the gas when you're up big. Orlando learned that, hopefully learned, that yes, the referees aren't always going to make the right calls. They're going to make mistakes, but you can't let that frustration get up here in your head. You have to stay with the game plan. You have to get back to the next play. You can't control the officials. You have to control what you can control, and that is your effort, your energy, your execution, your, your you know, all that stuff, all those E's that I just said. Um, you have to be able to do that. And unfortunately, you could say all the right things, and I think all these guys do say all the right things. You could say all the right things, but you don't know how to get through it until you experience it. And that's why Friday was still a, a productive day and still a really important day. Now, it's only important if the next time the Magic are in these situations, they deliver. They improve. They actually show that growth progression. Next time the Magic are up 19, no excuses. Hold on to the lead and win the damn game. Um, if if you know, you're know you in a close game situation and a bad call goes against you, and an objectively bad call, go. don't let that affect you on defense. Play defense, execute solidly. You're still in the game. The game is not over just because one thing went against you. You know, Robin Lopez said it after the Milwaukee game that, you know, the team is doing a better job, you know, kind of keeping their heads up after after runs. Um, when the other team goes on a run, the Magic are not kind of laying down and making it worse. They're, they're staying in it. They're staying in the game. And that's a really, and I agree with Robin there. The team is getting a lot better at kind of staying even, staying level, and stopping runs early before they get really bad. Um, and again, Saturday's game was certainly, there are certainly some bad moments there too. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say the team is perfect at it yet. But that is growth. You know, long-term growth, that is growth. And that's something that's going to be necessary for this team when they are ready to compete. But you have to learn these lessons. Now, hopefully, again, all the good coaches say you want to learn lessons while winning. But nothing is more motivating. Nothing forces you to look in the mirror more than failure. And, you know, I'll say it. Friday's loss to the Nets was a failure. When you're up 19, you win the game, period. Um, you know, when you're in a close game, you don't let the refs beat you. Um, you know, I, I posted this on Twitter. I still believe it. And, and I think a lot of fans were quick to blame the officials for Friday's game. Losing teams blame the officials. Go out and win the game. Like, you still have every chance to make a play. You still have every chance to stay in the game. If you lose by making or missing shots, you live with that. Um, but you don't You don't live with fouls. You don't live with turnovers. You don't live, you know, with the defense not being its strongest. And Orlando was in that game. Oh, again, it's not a complete failure. Orlando was in that game. 
I'm, I'm, I think they have a lot to be proud of after that, that game against Brooklyn. Um, and a lot of growth points there too. But the team undoubtedly also did not play completely at the level that they needed to play at. And you just hope that the next time they go out there, they'll be better. All you can hope for. We'll talk about tonight's game against Milwaukee Bucks. What to expect in the rematch at Pfizer Forum. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Build Bar. Look, I love Thanksgiving. There's plenty of good food and treats and maybe a, a yummy dessert or two. But, you know, those desserts are full of calories and sugar. And I'm trying to watch my figure a little bit. Um, it's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is a new holiday dessert. So feast on something delicious and feel good about it. Look, one slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories, and that's just that's on the low end, honestly. Those Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace your coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar. They're low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, and high-protein, covered in 100% real chocolate, so you still get that lovely, savory taste. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward and maybe spark a conversation with someone that you don't really converse with much, especially at family functions. There's new surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday, so mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. The Atlanta Magic take on the Milwaukee Bucks tonight at five serve form, a rematch of Saturday's game. Um, you know, usually what you see with these these back-to-back matches, with these back-to-back games, is you usually see a split. Um, it's very rare that you see a, a sweep of these. Um, but usually you see, you know, the team that wins the first one scale back a little bit or or the team that lost play with a little bit more focus and intensity. Um, but what's interesting about this game is Milwaukee blew the doors off Orlando. Again, felt like a schedule loss. I, I, I'm not super concerned. Um, but it was interesting to see Orlando kind of push back in that fourth quarter. And I do think that the, the bad taste of that fourth quarter, the starters having to come back in the game after being up so big, um, I do think that that is going to uh, lead Milwaukee to be a little bit more focused in this one. Um, look, it's it's always going to be a tall task for the Magic to beat a team like the Bucks. The Bucks are a really good team. Um, everything really has to align well, and that includes shooting well, that includes injuries. The Magic probably aren't there right now. Cole Anthony is still listed as questionable with a sprained ankle. Gary Harris is now questionable with a sprained wrist, although I think some Magic fans might say that's a good thing. Um, Orlando is really short on firepower, and I think as we've seen, this Magic team isn't as good without Cole Anthony out there. Um, and even, even so, like, Having Cole Anthony out there to absorb Drew Holiday's defense instead of Jalen Suggs absorbing Drew Holiday's defense, like, look, Jalen Suggs, he's not ready to to run a team against Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is really good defensively, um, and the Magic obviously just really struggled um, to get into anything consistently during that game. Um, defense has got to be the focus. Um, Orlando knows they got to be better defending the three point line. Um, some of that is Giannis is a handful and the Magic don't really have a guy that can guard Giannis. Um, we're, come, please come back, Jonathan Isaac. 
Um, it's, 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 this is a really tough matchup for Orlando. Um, and it's a really difficult game. Um, Walkie does a lot of things Orlando's good at. They're focused. They're trying to get themselves right. They just got everyone back. Um, it, it's, this isn't the right time for Orlando to play a team like Milwaukee. Um, Orlando is hurting itself a little bit. Um, you know, I, I would not be surprised if Cole Anthony sits out again tonight. Without Cole Anthony, the Magic are going to really struggle to score. That's that's the plain truth of it. Um, of course, I would like to see Jamal Mosley uh, do better with his rotations. Wendell Carter keeps getting shuffled out. And outside of Cole Anthony, Wendell Carter is probably the most important player on the team. Um, so it's a little, still a little puzzling to see him playing so few minutes. I know there was a blowout. So, you know, resting him isn't the worst idea from Saturday. But um, overall, I, I, I do think that that there's plenty of um, plenty of plenty of things going on there. Um, the Orlando Magic taking on the Milwaukee Bucks tonight at eight. We'll have a complete recap of that game coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. Um, before I close out the show today, let's uh, get to a quick question here in the comments. If you do watch our show live on YouTube, you could you could ask questions during the show. I will answer them either at the end of segments or at the very end of the show, like here. Um, Samuel asks with Wendell Carter Jr. playing great at power forward. You can see him and Mo playing together beyond the season. WCJ is 40% from three. Mo is tops in the league with shot blocking. Um, I do think it's possible. Um, I don't think, I mean, I, I don't think the Magic would have tried this experiment if they didn't feel like it gave them the best chance to win or it fit their roster. Uh, the Magic are playing the, essentially their five best players in their starting lineup. Um, it, it's working really, really well. Um, you know, so I do think that there is something there. Um, however, I do think the Magic will go back to a more traditional lineup very, very soon. Jonathan Isaac is coming back. Don't you know? We don't know when. We don't know where. We don't know where. Um, Michael Carter Williams, I think, was on Twitter doing like a Twitter Q and A or some sort type of social media Q and A. He seemed to suggest that Isaac may not be back until January. That wouldn't surprise me at this point. I'm kind of expecting. More, I, I, I honestly would not surprise me if Fultz and Isaac come back kind of in tandem. Um, would not surprise me if Fultz is back sooner than Isaac at this point, which is really saying something. And you know, I don't want to get too deep in injuries because we just don't know what's really going on. Um, you know, we would I, I would like to see the magic front office be a little bit more forthright with where the guys are at in their recovery, just kind of stage, not not a timeline. Like I get they don't want to give a timeline, they don't want to put pressure, but like tell like at least tell us like, hey, Jonathan Isaac is doing this. Um, Marco Fultz is doing this. Just give us a sense of what stage they're at. Um, so you could build some you know, not necessarily build some excitement with the fans, but you know, fans are being left in the dark. You're losing some trust with them. Um, I do think that would be valuable just to have, you know, and I'm, I want to know too, to be perfectly honest. Um, I do think it would be valuable to know where these guys are at um, and, and what they're doing. Um, because again, I, I think everyone's really excited to see these plays. No one wants to see these guys fail. Everyone is cheering for these guys. But uh, to your point, Samuel, it's really difficult to plan for this team's future without knowing where they're at. And, and as Jeff Waltman said, one of the goals of this season is to reintegrate those players. Um, and so, you know, I think we're seeing plenty of player development growth and Wendell Carter is a great example of that with how he has played and adapted to playing power forward. But we haven't seen, um, but we haven't seen the kind of second prong of that development, which is reintegrating players back into the fold. At some point, Jonathan Isaac is going to, is going to, to come back. He's, he's not sitting out this entire season. Um, if he does, that is a humongous concern. And, and, you know, Fans deserve some answers. People deserve some answers to understand, like, why is Isaac out? And there's nothing wrong with saying he had a setback. Honestly, you're not giving away the farm. You're not giving away huge information. He had a setback. It happens. Everyone recovers differently. I'm, you know, 
I, I, I don't like, I agree with them for not putting timetables on guys. They shouldn't put pressure on guys. That it's, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know, there's a little bit of a setback at this point. We kind of, you know, it wasn't anything serious. It didn't need surgery or anything. It didn't need any, any other procedure. We had to shut him down for a few weeks or we had to ramp him back down a little bit. He didn't clear this benchmark. Um, you're not putting pressure on the guy. You're just, you know, you're, you're just giving an update. So fans are, fans have realistic expectations for what to expect. Um, you know, again, like we want to know, I want to help set those expectations too. Um, so it's just really tough to kind of uh, show this feature. Um, I do think Wendell Carter is still better suited at the five, although he's a little bit undersized. Um, I don't think Wendell Carter Mobamba is a long-term. Um, I don't think that's a long-term op- answer for the four and five position. Um, I think the rebounding has been still a huge issue for this team. So uh, I, I don't think that that is ultimately the plan. Again, it still would not surprise me if Mo Bamba is let go in free agency this this offseason. So thank you, Samuel, for the question. One more comment coming from Manny Ortiz. Uh, I don't know if it's just me. He says, it seems like when Jalen Suggs sees a shot go in, he only looks to score afterwards without really thinking about it and backfires instead of making a play. Um, I think there's something to that. Um, I, I do think uh, he can be a little bit of an irrational confidence guy. Um, which is, I think you need a rational confidence guys, but yes, when he sees a shot go in, I think he looks for his shot next. Um, he is not a great playmaker, although he can make great plays. Um, and so especially driving to the basket, he's really struggling right now. Um, so I think it's still been smart to play him more off the ball, have him operate as a, a spot up shooter where you can, or as a, as a driver off reversals, um, instead of as a primary ball handler, I don't think they've run him in a lot of pick and rolls this year. Um, so I think they're trying to limit some of those decision-making reads until they can work on them and, and he can gain them through some experience as well. So um, I do think that's a good observation, Manny, um, as well. Um, that's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in, Himla, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast enabled listening device. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at and of course, you could also subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Watch us live when we air, usually around 10 a.m. is when uh, I tend to report these. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore and being, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter as well at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets hosted by Boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort.
Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.